As I said in the beginning, it was six months ago that we invited Pastor Timothy Hedberg to come and speak with us this morning. Uh, Tim is the financial services rep for Covenant Trust Company in the Northwest Territories here, and he serves five different states, Washington, Oregon, Alaska, Idaho, and Montana. Uh, he's a friend and a colleague. He's going to be telling you a little bit more about himself, uh, but uh, Tim was a Covenant pastor for uh, 22 years, most recently serving uh, locally here at Clear Lake, Washington. Uh, he and his wife, Deb, have three kids, Luke, Ben and Emma, and I'm excited to have Tim come and share God's word with us this morning. He's going to be joining us remotely, and so I encourage you to give a warm welcome to Pastor Tim. Tim, take it away. Good morning, Faith Covenant Church of Sumner, Washington. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Tim Hedberg, and I have the privilege of working for Covenant Trust Company, a company of the Covenant denomination that assists people with estate planning and financial management. After serving 22 years in the local parish as a covenant pastor, I'm honored to serve churches in our conference in this capacity. Today, Pastor Kurt asked if I would share with you on generosity, and I'm honored to do that. I would like to use Psalm 119 as our text for doing so, and we're going to look at the first six verses together. I invite you to read from your own Bible or to listen along as I read it to you this morning. Psalm 119 reads this way. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. It is believed that King David wrote this psalm to intentionally teach his son Solomon the alphabet and to intentionally teach his son Solomon how to pray. King David wrote this psalm using 22 stanzas, and there are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. King David was a strategic parent, wanting to teach his son the A to Z's, and also the A to Z's of prayer. And so he wrote Psalm 119. He begins in our verses for today by naming the truth of following the ways of God, the best ways the blessed ways, as I describe them in verses 1 through 4. But he also names a reality and a struggle in verses 5 through 6. Oh, he confesses, oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. As David begins this 22 stanza prayer, this teaching prayer, he starts by naming a reality that we believe in as well. That when we walk according to the ways of the Lord, when we seek the Lord with all our hearts, our ways are blessed. But then David confesses. David wants to acknowledge before his God and before his son Solomon that his ways are not always steadfast. Oh, he says, oh, that my ways were your ways. Oh, that my ways matched up with your ways, Lord. 
and when you heard that our topic for today was generosity. When you read, perhaps, that our theme for today was how to be sacrificial. Perhaps under your breath and within your heart, you recognize a chasm, recognizing that God's ways in this area of life are not always your ways. That your ways of handling money don't always match up with God's ways. Oh Lord, I wish that my ways matched up with your ways. Oh Lord, this is a struggle for me. For the last eight years, I've been kind of paying attention to your church. I began to pay attention when one of your previous pastors, Mary Hendrickson, was talking to the covenant denomination about joining the denomination. I was on a committee and had conversations with her. And then you called Pastor Kurt to be your pastor. And I knew Pastor Kurt from serving the church in Arizona. But then I also roomed with him about five years ago as your church was going through the Vitality Conference. And so I got to hear more about your church specifically from Kurt. And what I learned and what I observed myself at the annual conference annual meeting that was held at your church a number of years ago is that you seek to be a church that lives into the ways of God and the teachings of Scripture. And so what I want to do right now is just share some themes on generosity that are found in the Scriptures, believing that a lot of these are really familiar to you. Perhaps you remember the story of Abraham and his willingness to go when God said, Go, Abraham, to a land I will show you. And Abraham was willing to sacrifice everything and go. Perhaps you know the story of Noah, who lived righteously and sacrificially. He was a man unlike any other of his day. He was different from the rest. Perhaps you know the story of the little boy who gave generously and sacrificially sacrificially of his lunch, giving loaves and breads to the crowd that day, feeding 5,000. You know, you know the stories of sacrifice and generosity of the woman who poured perfume on the feet of Jesus. Many of you have taught children at the church the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who when he recognized God and was confronted by Jesus, he said, Right now, I will give back four times as much. He's generous towards the end of his life. And you know the stories of the disciples who were willing to leave everything to follow Jesus. And you, you know the stories of Paul, who sacrificed a lot, or the women who sacrificed and supported Jesus and his ministry. You know these passages, you've taught these passages, and you, like me, have sought to live into these passages knowing that when we do follow God's ways, verses 1 through 4, our ways are blessed. But also acknowledging, like King David did in verses 5 and 6, Oh Lord, there's a gap, there's a divide, there's a chasm. Our ways are not always your ways. What I'd like to do right now is to have you pause, or for me to pause, and to consider this question before you. Who is someone that you respect and why? Who is someone in your past, in your life now, that you respect and why? Can we take a moment to think of someone and think of the reason that you respect them? When I think about people that I respect, 
a common characteristic that I see in them is that they are willing to be generous. They're willing to be sacrificial in their time, in their talent, and in their treasure. I think of my sixth grade Sunday school teacher, a woman by the name of Doreen, who sacrificed her time and gave of her talents to serve six sixth grade boys in Sunday school week after week. She spent lots of time devoting herself to the scriptures. And then on Sunday mornings, she sacrificed her time by trying to corral us and teach us the scriptures. And you know what? It worked. She got us to love God's word and gave us incentives to read it each day between Sundays. She was a very generous woman. I also think of a gentleman by the name of Forrest. He was my small group leader when I was in seminary. Forrest was generous with his time and with his treasure. He, he opened up his apartment to us, led a small group, and always made us special treats for us seminarians to enjoy during our time with him. He was generous, and we were all blessed because of it. You don't know my Doreen that I just talked about, nor the forest I just named. And most likely, I don't know the people that you were thinking of yourself. But a common characteristic is that they were generous, perhaps. You see, you don't have to be famous. You don't have to make the headlines in order for God to use you. And for God to challenge you to be generous and for that generosity to make an impact. Friends, when we live sacrificially and when we give generously, we live into the ways of Jesus and our lives leave a legacy and your church becomes healthier. As you and I seek to live a full life, a deep, rich life, a devoted life and a faithful life, such a life isn't found when we live selfishly or stingily, but it's when we live sacrificially and when we give generously. What I want to share with you is a way that my wife and I seek to do this in our own lives and in our marriage. When we were in premarital counseling, money came up and giving came up, and so we asked each other, what are your habits that you have in generosity? And fortunately for myself, and I believe fortunately for my wife, each of us had generous hearts and were willing to give to churches and various ministries. And we wanted to serve as well. And so we've had this as a desire in our marriage and have sought to do this throughout our 22 years. One of the strategies we've used is the one I want to share with you this morning. How do we seek to be generous? <clears throat> We break our generosity into two categories. The first category is what we call STP people. We want to be schedule tomorrow people. In order to go deeper in generosity, in order to go further in living sacrificially as Jesus did, we want to be schedule tomorrow people. Let me unpack that a little bit. Deb and I ask ourselves, who and what do we value? Who and what um, do our values as a couple align with? And then we want us to support those things. What are those ministries that we can contribute to that align with who we are? And what are those ministries that can help transform our spiritual lives as well? How do we do this? How do we schedule tomorrow? How do we be scheduled tomorrow, people? Well, when it comes to finances, Deb and I automate most of our giving. 
we want ministries to know that on a monthly basis they can depend upon a certain amount coming from Tim and Deb Hedberg. We schedule our tomorrows by automating our giving. We want them to know that we value you, you are important to us, and whether we're able to come in person or not, your ministry is important. And so we schedule tomorrows. We do online or automatic giving. We also do this with our calendars. Each year we mark off certain things that are non-negotiables. We will show up for this. We will support this. My wife's a youth group counselor. Every Wednesday nights are sacred to her. She schedules her time. She wants to be generous with her time as she serves the youth ministry program at our church. I do this on nonprofit boards. I want to schedule time to serve on boards so that I can serve them in those important ministries. I think of biblical examples of scheduled tomorrow people, if you will, of Joseph in the Old Testament who was preparing for the famine before the famine struck. He was scheduling tomorrow so that when the famine struck, he was able to take care of his people. We want to be scheduled tomorrow people. And I challenge you to think of your generosity in that category as well. A second category that Deb and I use is another STP, but this stands for we want to be spontaneous today people. Spontaneous today. My dad was a banker and a trust officer, and so my dad had my brother and I schedule our tomorrows from an early age when it came to finances. In high school, my dad had us open up a retirement account, an IRA. He wanted to schedule our tomorrows. And so I brought this into my marriage with my wife, Deb, thinking this was a great attribute. And she acknowledged that it was a great attribute to schedule tomorrows, but in her mind of thinking, she was more of a spontaneous today person. And so to my calculated, measured, scheduled um, upbringing, my wife said, Tim, I don't, it's not life-giving to me to be so scheduled. When I see a need, when I feel God tugging on my heart, I want to be spontaneous in my time and with our treasure. And so if we have it all accounted for, if we're all scheduled, we're not able to give anything away spontaneously. And so I thought about that and reflected on that. And to me, it made a lot of sense that God wants me to respond to various things today. He wants me to listen to my heart today. He wants me to be attentive to his Holy Spirit today and to respond spontaneously to the things that might be crossing my path. And so now, Deb and I leave margin in our checkbook to respond to the needs that might come in in the mail or through a conversation or to someone we might see at the store. We want to respond spontaneously to those needs and to be generous in that way. We also try, though admittedly it's a bit more difficult, to schedule some margin into our calendars so that we can serve in surprising ways or take an evening to help someone in need, to be spontaneous today to respond today. And what I have found is that I almost anticipate each day how God might move within me to help, to serve those around me, to demonstrate his love to those who might be in need. I think Jesus was this way in many ways. He responded to the needs around him. He was a a spontaneous today person. 
I think of the boy with the fish and the loaves that I referred to earlier. He had every intention that morning to eat that fish and eat those loaves all by himself. And yet when the Spirit moved him, he was spontaneous today and he blessed 5,000 people. As I reflect and I've talked about this with many people, we tend to be one or the other. We tend to be a schedule tomorrow person or a spontaneous today person. If you don't know which one you are, you can ask your spouse or you can ask a good friend or you can even look at your checkbook and find out if things are scheduled or your calendar to see if things are scheduled. If you find a lot of things in your checkbook or on your calendar, you're probably a scheduled person. If it's blank and we're already in April, you're more of a spontaneous today person. The point is maybe God would challenge you to exercise the one that you're weaker in so that you can be a person that is generous both today and in your tomorrows as well. Your church is on the way. Your church is doing the work of God. During this time of the virus, your generosity is all the more important. I encourage you to be spontaneous each day to be alert to the needs around you, but also to be scheduled to those ministries and to those things that your life finds value in. And you commit to them saying, we value you. We're committed to you, even though we're in this different season. Thank you for your time and thank you for listening to me. I'm honored to share these insights from Psalm 119 and thoughts on how to be generous. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you give us the example of being generous. That just a week ago or a few, day, a few more days than that ago, you laid everything down on the cross. You sacrificed it all. You died upon that cross. And three days later, you rose again. God, thank you for that hope. Thank you that you walk with us after the resurrection, that you are with us in our lives. God, help us to unclench our fists and to be generous, both with our time and with our treasure. God, help those of us who need to be more scheduled, who need to commit and express our love for various ministries and people, in regular ways, to become more scheduled. And Lord, for those of us that are so overscheduled that we don't leave any margin for your Spirit to prompt us in each day, God, I pray that you would make us more spontaneous. God, thank you that as we seek to walk down this path, this chasm, the gap between your ways and our ways becomes smaller, and we live into the blessed life that you promised to give to us. We pray all this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.